Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. I'm a lot later than normal, and I, there's a good reason why. I've been waiting for some phone calls to get you guys some information, kind of get some things finished up here. Let me go ahead and tell you this. I believe we are really, really, really close. Really, I guess it could boil down to a matter of I guess of hours, but I I would suspect sometime in the next 48 hours, Mississippi State is going to announce a new football coach. I believe we are very, very close to that happening, and I think many of you probably suspect you know who that is. We're going to get to that a little bit later in the show. We're going to talk a little bit about basketball. We're going to talk a little bit about recruiting. The contact period opens up this weekend. It's official visitors who are allowed back on campus again for the first time since the December uh, visits that preceded the uh, December signing period. It's, but Mississippi State did not have any visitors scheduled for this weekend. So in that respect, not really any damage with the fact that no uh, head coach has been currently named at Mississippi State. I fully expect that to happen shortly, as I mentioned earlier in the show. So that's where we are. Let's go ahead and get into uh, welcoming our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, and thanking them for what they do would allow us to bring you the latest, greatest, and coolest information about the Mississippi State Bulldogs, the premier athletics program in the state of Mississippi, bar none. You can go by and find your own favorites at Bulldog Burger Company. They will take care of you. They will treat you like family. You go in, you put your feet under the table, you get great service, you get great food at a great price. Two locations now to serve you in Starkville and Tupelo, right here at University Drive in Starkville. And they're on Gloucester Street in Tupelo, Mississippi. Go by, have the spring rolls. No meal is complete without the spring rolls as an appetizer. Again, that's Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville and now Tupelo where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So since we have been together, a few things have happened. Let's jump into the first thing. That was the uh, Mississippi State men's basketball team lost a ball game to Auburn. I think many of us expected that to happen. This Auburn team looks to have a very special team this year. Mississippi State hung in there for quite a while. It really got a little bit away from us late. State led for much of the ball game and really kind of traded punches. But once Auburn got a lead late, they kind of nursed it long and, and were able to put Mississippi State away and get a big road win. Bulldogs are back in action uh, later this week as they travel to Alabama and then to LSU. The Auburn ball game, again, Mississippi State, I thought, came with a good effort, just simply could not finish. Looking at the Bulldog box score, Bulldogs now 9-4 on the year, 0-1 in the Southeastern Conference. Reggie Perry led the way with 21 points and 12 rebounds in 33 minutes of action. That's what you expect from Reggie Perry, a guy that's potentially a future lottery pick. These are the games that he will need to make his money, and he did his best to lead Mississippi State to a win. Had a big night, picked up a couple steals, had a couple turnovers. Uh, but again, he's there to carry the load. And again, 21 points, 12 rebounds. Very happy with his efforts. Five of five from the free point from the free throw line, and then eight of 19 from the field. Nick Weatherspoon, his best game since returning, 18 points. Uh, 18 points, a couple rebounds couple of assists, six turnovers, got to cut that down. And that was early in the ball game. Even when State had the lead, we probably could have extended a little bit more. Nick had some turnovers early. He will settle in. Still a bit of a volume shooter now, and you need him to kind of get to the rack and make things happen. Six of 18 from the floor and six of seven from the line. 
another one of those guys, too, that draws a lot of fouls. That's one of the things that his brother Q did an exceptional job of is getting to the line. Seven fouls committed against Nick Witherspoon. He's six of seven from the line. That could be big down the stretch. A guy like him finishing games and closing it out, a guy that can get to the line and get you a basket when the clock is not running. Robert Woodard, a nice ball game for him as well. 12 rebounds, 12 points, double-double for him. That's the, th the trio right there that I expect to carry Mississippi State night in, night out. But in order for State to, to pull the upset over a team like Auburn, you're going to need to score from four and five spots on the floor. State really unable to do that. Tyson Carter struggled one of 11 from the floor, made a couple of free throws, just three, four points on the evening. We've got to get better guard play in that respect. DJ Stewart also uh, not really filling up the stack column. Didn't get nearly as many minutes, but uh, just three points for him. And that's one of one from the three-point line. Mississippi State, 23 of 68 on the night. That shooting percentage has to get better. State still in the game late, but you're just not going to beat a team when you can't shoot 50%. I mean, it's just one of those things you look at. It's just the reality of the, the ball game. The team that shoots it better generally wins the game. State was not the better shooting team, and against a team like Auburn, you can't afford a lot of dead possessions. State had many of those. Uh, Auburn wins the battle in the paint, 42-34. State wins second chance points, 16-11. Uh, fast break points, 24-13 in favor of Auburn. Really thought they hurt us in transition late in the half, especially in the second half. Bench scoring, State outscored them. Uh, seven to two. Again, this is a very, very talented Auburn team, uh, but that that game is now behind us. We played it for a while, and I, I don't believe in moral victories. And the NCAA tournament selection committee won't either. But I do believe that people say, you know what, that Auburn team is going to beat a lot of teams. State's got to find a win. You got to find a way to win these next two, if at all possible. And I, and I think there was some signs of life on Saturday that showed a real urgency in Reggie Perry and some of those folks. And so I, I'm looking, you know, for a, a, a nice ball game both Wednesday and Saturday. Looking ahead here at the uh, the Bulldog future opponents, it's a lot going on uh, in basketball now, but this Alabama team has not been very good. Just seven and six on the year. Uh, they lose their SEC opener on the road at Florida, 104-98. Defense optional. Defense optional. They had won three in a row before that. This is a team that gets up and down the floor, likes to run a little bit, but uh, they have not been very good defensively. And again, this is a very winnable game. Uh, Coleman Coliseum has not been a great venue for Mississippi State basketball over the years, though Timmy Bowers might disagree. Uh, Timmy had some big games there, certainly won there in 2004. But uh, this is a game that Mississippi State needs to be able to go win uh, on Wednesday. That's going to be a 6 p.m. tip. If you're in the area in Tuscaloosa, go by support your Bulldogs. On Saturday, the, uh, the, the Bulldogs will be at LSU. That's the defending SEC champion LSU Tigers. You could probably put an asterisk next to that. You know my feelings about that. Uh, they win their SEC opener 78-64 at Tennessee, and that's a Tennessee team that, that lost some stars from a year ago. Still some talent there but not at all what they were a year ago. LSU currently 9-4 on the year. This is a winnable game, but it's going to boil down to matchups, you know, as well as I do. you got to go down there, beat back the noise a bit, and uh, have a big game from Reggie Perry uh, and Robert Woodard. But, again, 
These are two winnable games, and any time that you can get one on the road, it's huge. State's got to find a way to steal at least one of those. If you get down 0-3 in the SEC this early in the year, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster, needless to say. Bulldogs now 9-4 and four on the year, and you begin to look at that and think, okay, we've got to get to double digits this week because that 9-6 and six mark after 15 games, that stings a little bit. Also makes it very difficult for us to get to the NCAA tournament. The women's side of things, the ladies do a, uh, a nice job going on the road and beating a very good Georgia team. Georgia now 10-5 and five on the year, 1-1 one one in the conference. Mississippi State 14-2, 2-0 oh in the league. Uh, a big ball game. Again, very well-rounded scoring here. Very. That's the thing that I look at with this team. They can beat you at all spots on the floor. Continuing to get good play out of Jessica Carter, running her numbers here. 13 points, uh, 6 rebounds uh, on the night. Rakia Jackson, 6 of 19 from the floor, 5 of 7 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 17 total points to lead Mississippi State. Jordan Danbury also pitches in 17 points, pulls in 5 rebounds. Her and Rakia Jackson combined to force 16 fouls. That'll get it done. That'll also get you to the line. State just 17 of 26 from the free throw line. That continues to be a bit of an issue uh, for Vic Schaefer's team. But you get the win. Stegman Coliseum, again, has been very difficult for Mississippi State to go and play there. Georgia always seems you know, to find a way uh, to make this game a grind. State, down early in the ballgame, uh, grinds their way through it. Huge road win early in the conference schedule. Again, 2-0 uh, in the conference. I think you feel good about where things stand right now. A lot of people pick Mississippi State third in the league. Looking around the league right now, that looks to be very, very attainable. Uh, Chloe Bibby still not quite back. Just the one point there. 0 of 3 from the field. Maya Taylor pitches in six points. Uh, Zaria Wiggins picking up some of the slack, 13 points in uh, 19 minutes of action off the bench there, the leading bench score uh, without question. Uh, so where do we go from here? Well, the ladies now, uh, as I mentioned, 14-2 and 2-0 and and in the league, they will have the opportunity to travel to Missouri this Thursday to take on the Sophie Cunningham-less Missouri Tigers. Every time we go up there, though, they always seem to give us a very difficult ball game. This is not one that you can take for granted. In the events, they can go get that one. That's one of those things you begin to look at the rest of the schedule and you think, okay, 3-0 and out of the gate with a pair of road wins really sets up well down the stretch. State will return home on Thursday to host LSU. Got a real chance to get a strong start out of the gate before we head to South Carolina on January 20th. Uh, it's two weeks from tonight. So if you're in that area, plan ahead. I want to share with you, too, for those of you that follow such things, on uh, Tuesday night, I will be at the 120 Club in Jackson. That is a private event. But if you're a member of the 120 Club, we'll have a book signing. We'll talk about uh, Jim Moorhead's termination. We'll talk about uh, Mississippi State's coaching search. That'll all take place Tuesday at 6. I will be on Friday at the Winston County Library from 1130 to 1. Come by and enjoy your, your lunch with us. I'll even provide you with a sack lunch. You can come by and we'll talk about the book and you can 
uh, pick up some books. And then on Saturday, if you are attending Mississippi State's men's basketball game at LSU, I will be at Walk-On's Bistro right there off campus from 3.30 to 5.30. You can come by, uh, pick up books, shake hands, take pictures, and enjoy some gumbo with us. How about that? So come by, uh, say hello. Looking forward to seeing everybody. Again, that's 120 Club on Tuesday, Winston County Library on Friday, and Walk-On's Bistro in Baton Rouge on Saturday. So let's go ahead and get into the coaching search stuff. I know that is uh, really what you paid to see. There is a lot of discussion about Louisiana coach Billy Napier. He was a, uh, a candidate that I believe was very much a preferred candidate early on. Not the only candidate, but certainly a guy of interest. It's a young man that uh, has done a good job at Louisiana Lafayette in back-to-back years. Uh, played in ball game last year. Lost that ball game. Uh, played for a conference championship this year. Uh, had, had a chance again to do some big things. Uh, I'm a Billy Napier fan. I think that he is a very good coach. He runs an offense that I think is, uh, you know, that can be recruited to from the Mississippi State recruiting footprint. As I shared with you guys on Friday, despite many rumors to the contrary, Mississippi State did not have a deal in place with Billy Napier. Some had suggested that perhaps there was a deal already in principle before Joe Moorhead was terminated. That is not true. That continues to be untrue. And now it appears Mississippi State, Bill Napier, will head in different directions. Based on the information that I have, there have been a lot of things about the courtship of Billy Napier that have been, and I hate to say reported, but they've been shared by some that are completely untrue. Billy Napier uh, is a guy that uh, you know has always kind of had his eye on South Carolina. And he is a guy right now that I understand has been promised an interview with Baylor, should that job become available, there is a growing consensus of people that believe that Matt Rule is going to get a job in the National Football League this year. He is going to interview for the New York Giants opening on Tuesday. In the event that job comes open, Billy Napier, I understand, has been promised an interview for that job. No guarantee that he gets that job, but that's the understanding, is that it does come open, he will have an opportunity to interview for the position. He also is a guy that played at Furman, and I understand that he does have some family in and around the South Carolina area. And uh, that is also a job that is somewhat on his wish list because he, from what I am told, uh, he believes South Carolina has some real potential and a chance to move ahead in the SEC East. One of the things that I have learned over the years is the SEC West is not for everybody. This is where Eagles dare, as they say. If you are not convinced that you can win in this league, you will get run out of this league. I understand that uh, Billy Napier believes that the pass to the New Year's Six at Baylor would be much easier than it would be at Mississippi State. Now, true or untrue, if that's his belief, then I think he is better off pursuing the Baylor job. And again, I've got nothing negative to say about Billy Napier. I am a Billy Napier fan. I think that he is a, a an innovative offensive play caller. Really thought he did a great job against Mississippi State this year. He, last year, he didn't have quite the personnel, but uh, did a good job. I thought kind of mixing things up and making Mississippi State uh, work for it. It's just that Mississippi State's defensive line last year was so athletic. There just wasn't a whole lot they could do. But wish Billy Napier the best. I do not believe that he will be the head coach at Mississippi State. I mean, I guess, you know, barring something totally unforeseen, you know, he could certainly, uh, you know, come back into the mix. But I don't think that he has done enough to really make people believe that he wants a job 
at Mississippi State. Uh, you recall last Friday, Louisiana Lafayette issued a press release that said that he had agreed to an extension. Later had to go kind of back off that report. He has not signed that extension. And really, I don't blame an administration trying to, uh, to kind of protect their fan base and their guy from whatever as they prepare to go play a bowl game. Over the weekend on Saturday, Billy Napier made a comment at the mandatory press conference that he was not a candidate for the Mississippi State job. Uh, I have on good authority that that's untrue. The bottom line is, though, is it doesn't matter how legitimate his candidacy was or was not. He is not in line to be the head football coach at Mississippi State. I have received confirmation again today that uh, he and Mississippi State will be going in a different direction. It is what it is. Now, many people will hear that and think, okay, well, Mississippi State didn't get their top guy. There's nothing out there that says he was Mississippi State's top guy. Mississippi State attempted uh, to to interview him, and for one reason or another, uh, again, he had interest elsewhere. And I think it's also, to be fair to Billy Napier, he's trying to get a football team ready to go play a ball game. You know, we played a ball game uh, last Monday, our football season is over, and a lot has happened since then. It seems like it's been forever ago since we were all in Nashville. Uh, but you know, I don't blame Billy Napier for being a little bit coy. You know, perhaps that uh, you know he was a little bit worried about his team being distracted. And I don't want to put you know your words in his mouth, but you know I, I think it can't be overstated that when you've won ten ball games and you've got a chance to win another one and you get a bowl bonus, I believe the number that I saw today was fifty thousand uh, dollars. That is not an insignificant sum of money. You can go win that ball game and you've got that. And then, you know, listen, the reality of it is, is Mississippi State is not for everybody. And if Billy Napier doesn't think Mississippi State is for him, then he is going to be much happier elsewhere. And so will we. And it's not a personal matter. A lot of discussion now about Joe Judge. Joe Judge played at Mississippi State. There's an article earlier today that revealed that uh, he was accepted to both the Naval Academy and Harvard and chose to walk on at Mississippi State. Made lifelong friends here, met his wife here, began his career here in Starkville, Mississippi. Now considered one of the hottest names in the NFL coaching search ranks. The New York Giants interviewed him today. There are a lot of other people out there that have shared with me privately that Bill Belichick has groomed him to be a head coach over the course of the last several years. And that not only is he... You know, people say, well, you know, Steve, uh, Joe Judge, you know, he's just a special teams guy. I don't know if you know this, but uh, he did such a good job breaking down film that they uh, they made him also the wide receiver coach. It's interesting how that works. He is a guy that has made it happen on his own. He is a guy, Joe Judge, that has uh, worked for some of the greatest folks in college football. That's one of the things that I think is rather interesting. Joe Judge played for Sylvester Croom. Joe Judge had a relationship with Jackie Sherrill. And so both of his college coaches, both of them, have come out privately with former players and asked the players to, to throw their support behind Joe Judge. He is one of their own. They believe that he has an opportunity uh, to do a great job. I also believe that. I think when you also factor in that Joe Judge also uh, coached on the staff with Nick Saban in Alabama, 
and then he went on to, uh, to, to work for the New England Patriots. So when you look at his pedigree, Cheryl Croom, Birmingham Southern, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick. Been with Bill Belichick since 2012. Left Alabama, left Nick Saban for the NFL for Nick Saban's mentor, Bill Belichick. And then this year, he worked his way up from a, he went from a special teams assistant to the special teams coordinator to the special teams coordinator and the wide receiver coach. He's also a, a big part of uh, offensive game planning up there. And so I completely understand the allure. And I, I listen, I've had some people say, well, Steve, what if he played at UAB? How would you feel? And you know what? To be fair, I don't know if I would feel uh, as strongly about his candidacy. But one of the reasons that I do is because he did play at Mississippi State. One of the things that I will share with you about that is that in order to sell Mississippi State, you have to know Mississippi State. This is a very special place, and it is a very special place in the life of one Joe Judge. Joe met his wife, Amber, here, who was an all-SEC soccer player. They have four children together. Uh, and so this is where their lives began, right here in Starkville, Mississippi. And so Joe understands what it is to be a student athlete at Mississippi State. His wife understands what it means to be a student athlete at Mississippi State. Now, in addition to the Joe Judge student athlete experience, I am being told privately some names that would be potentially be on Joe Judge's staff should he get the job here at Mississippi State. Many of those names are very familiar to many of you, including Reed Stringer, former Mississippi State tight end coach Reed Stringer, who was instrumental in recruiting Fletcher Cox and Josh Boyd. He was the area recruiter for all those guys. Jonathan Banks. Reed Stringer is the one that stood on the table to get an offer to Jonathan Banks. Reed Stringer, instrumental in recruiting Tyler Russell and Chris Smith to Mississippi State. Reed Stringer, the lead recruiter to get tied in Marcus Green to Mississippi State. So we talk about the recruiting aspect of it, and uh, I'm a person that covers recruiting extensively. You have to have relationships. You bring in people like Reed Stringer. You bring in people like Will Hall, the son of Bobby Hall. And, I, and listen, I understand Bobby Hall's a big old miss guy. Willie Hall, Will Hall is the guy that's trying to make his own name. And, and what's interesting, I've had four different people connected to four different candidates in the Mississippi State search and say, hey, we're going to try to hire Will Hall as the offensive coordinator. I also understand that the University of Oregon is very uh, interested in Will Hall. He is a name on the rise. So you go get him, and this is a guy, again, that knows Mississippi. You bring in a guy like Reed Stringer, who knows Mississippi. And then there is some discussion about possibly bringing in uh, D.J. Looney, who was very instrumental in this first class here a couple years ago when he was here. He replaced Scott Salick, and all of a sudden, we, we began recruiting exceptionally well. Jaden Crumity, a Mississippi State commitment under D.J. Looney. Jaquari Gaspivey a commitment to D.J. Looney at Mississippi State. We can go all down the list. But in order to sell Mississippi State, you have to know Mississippi State. And so that's what I understand Joe Judge is looking to do. There's some people that have said, you know what, 
Uh, he's talked about bringing in Tosh Lapoy as a potential defensive coordinator. Uh, Tosh Lapoy is also getting some NFL NFL opportunities. So I don't know if that works out or not. But I think that one of the things you worry about with a guy like him once he's been in the league and having to come back and, and, and worry about the recruiting piece as a position coach, because that's who does your recruiting as a position coach. And Jim Moorhead did more than the average coach, without a, without a doubt, when it came to recruiting. He had a personal relationship with all those guys, which is one of the reasons that we were able to keep them. Uh, you know, when things got a little bit dicey up the road and they had a coaching change at Ole Miss, Joe Moorhead had a relationship, delivered his class. There are a lot of criticisms you can make of Joe Moorhead, but to, to suggest that he was derelict when it came to recruiting is not one of them. Very, very, very engaged. Didn't have a lot of relationships here in Mississippi, but he overcame that by building relationships. But you're bringing in some guys now, and this is where I think this is what it, the one thing that really, really excites me about the Joe Judge opportunity is Joe is kind of getting the band back together. You know, we talk about, relationships. You know, Joe Judge was here as a GA when Aaron Feld was our long snapper. Aaron Feld, now the strength and conditioning coach at Oregon. Been some rumblings behind the scenes that uh, Aaron Feld might be willing to come back home. That would be tremendous. Then all of a sudden you bring in other people you've got relationships with. You can get excited about that in a hurry. And and the whole thing with Joe Judge is going to be, who does he hire as coordinators? Can he get recruiters on his staff in the in the prime assistant positions? And I think that is something that will still be worked out. But, I, you know, Will Hall is a name I continue to hear as an offensive coordinator. If you look at what Tulane did this year and how they utilize their wide receivers, and listen, it always appears to me that everybody can recruit receivers except for us. We had a good class this year. We put some good guys together. And I think you've got an opportunity to have some difference makers next year. But I think Will Hall is a guy that will know how to get the football in their hands. So when you begin uh, to get all that stuff together, you get this recruiting class to bed. And that was one of the things a lot of people in the national media were critical of, saying, you know what, Mississippi State needs to go ahead and release these guys when nobody asked for a release. And as a matter of fact, many of those guys have already enrolled or on campus. Excited to have them here and begin their Bulldog journey. Those guys will be here for spring, so offensive system implementation and installation will take care. Will be taken care of by a new staff, and I think that gets you up to speed, obviously, much quicker. We talked about Stephen Gidry showed flashes, but Stephen missed that first spring. It took him a long time to get going. You bring some other guys back. I think you feel good about Osiris Mitchell. Uh, you got Javante Payton coming back, and he had some made some big plays in the Music City Bowl. But you've got some guys out there that you've got some pieces to work with. And I think many times, you know, you you look at that, sometimes a new offensive system will be be better for them. Uh, I believe some of the plays that we ran or Jim Moorhead were so slow developing that you never really gave those receivers a chance. I think in this league, you got to get the ball out quickly. Uh, And I think that Will Hall offense is exactly kind of what you're looking for. Now, I believe that you can go out and sign spread quarterbacks. At Mississippi State, we've proven to be able to do that. I don't know that we can go sign pro-style quarterbacks on a regular basis because I don't think our recruiting footprint produces that. But I'm excited about the possibility of Joe Judge. Now, is Joe the only other applicant? No, he's not. Todd Grantham also very much in the mix. Todd Grantham, another one of those guys, too, as you guys know, brings a real edge. He is another guy that is familiar with Mississippi State. Granny just spent the one year here. Grantham 
was the guy that came in and closed Willie Gay out. People forget Willie Gay was committed to Ole Miss. A lot of people expected him to go there. Once Todd Grantham was hired, the very first in-home visit he made was to see Willie Gay. Then Willie Gay, before you know it, uh, was headed to Starkville, Mississippi to be a part of the Mississippi State Bulldog defense. Todd Grantham came in here to begin, develop Mississippi State into one of the most fierce and physical defenses in all of college football. He will bring the juice. Now, sometimes he gambles a little bit, but that's kind of who he is. He's going to make you make a play, and if you get him, you get him. Never been a head coach before, but he is a guy I've that has some ties here. Very well thought of here at Mississippi State. I have heard some discussion that he might bring David Turner back with him. Might bring Christian Russell back with him. But again, those are things that kind of have to be figured out over time. But I understand Todd Grantham has been in contact with Mississippi State officials throughout the search. Don't know at this point if he is the guy, the number two guy, the number three guy, the number 20 guy. But I do know that he has been in contact. We also spoke recently on the Gene Spades message boards about Troy Calhoun from Air Force. I got a phone call yesterday from Tim Brewster, former Mississippi State wide receiver coach Tim Brewster. I've been a Tim Brewster fan for a long time. Long time. Because I've been in the recruiting industry for a long time. Tim Brewster, one of the greatest recruiters in the country. Had his moments here at Mississippi State, kind of up and down. He was the guy that went and got Deronia Wilson for us. Went and got Donald Gray for us. But Tim Brewster tells me that Troy Calhoun is one of the best offensive minds that he has ever known. They coached together with the Denver Broncos, and then, and then Calhoun left there to go coach the Houston Texans and has been at Air Force ever since. Former quarterback at Air Force. He is a guy, too, that runs a lot of, uh, of option-type stuff. Been a lot of talk, too, about, uh, you know, about Jeff Munkin. You know, from Army, and uh, you know, he's another guy that runs an option-style offense. And that's the thing about him and Calhoun both. Loves military academies a lot, the service academies. A lot of times they run some option-style stuff. And I'm told that Calhoun is pretty, you know, pretty skilled at just about whatever offensive system that you want to run, uh, and that he's not married to the option-style game. Now, now, the Munkin might be a little different. That's what he's always pretty much run. Uh, and so I don't know, you know, if he would want to run that at Mississippi State or not. And, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know that you could run the triple option in the SEC week in and week out and expect to break through. Break through. It just, you know, it's, I think it takes a transcendent player to come through there and run that. You know, there's no Jamal Holloway out there these days. You young guys have to Google that. Uh, but I'm excited about the possibilities. There are some, a couple other names out there that, uh, you know, kind of out there peripherally. But, um, you know, we'll see how things kind of progress and develop. But I think we're very, very close. I, and, I, and if I had to call it today, I would say Joe Judge is the leader. I can also share with you, based on some source reports, and I actually have those, John Cohen is in Starkville today. And so there was a lot of discussion on the message boards. Hey, Steve, where are we at today? Are we interviewing today? Who are we talking to? I am told with authority that John Cohen is in Starkville, Mississippi, I think what I take from that is, is that, that the interview process is likely over and that we are now closing in on an actual decision and an offer and uh, getting everything settled, getting pushed ahead, and then beginning a new era of Mississippi State football. As I drove to campus today, uh, coming in on uh, 
on 12 there. Make the turn off 82. And then you top that bridge there and you start seeing campus just kind of unfold on uh, beneath you. And and I'm I'm just taken by how beautiful it all is and how it's all changed. And then I see Davis Wade Stadium out there in the distance. And I begin to kind of think to myself how difficult this football season was. And that site has been such a, uh, a place of enjoyment for so many of us. But this year was a difficult year. That's one of the reasons that we're seeing things change. I don't know that if we had uh, had a year like we had this year, next year, if we'd have been able to recover quickly. You know, everybody always says, you know, you get the right guy. You know, recent history has shown it's not always, you know, a sure thing that you get the right guy. Sometimes you just get the next guy rather than the right guy. I think it's important that John Cohen get the right guy. One of the things that I think makes the right guy is getting a guy that doesn't see Mississippi State as a paycheck. He doesn't see Mississippi State as a stop in the road. He doesn't see Mississippi State as, you know, this is a way for me to advance my career. I think what works at Mississippi State is I think you have to have someone that's passionate about Mississippi State. It's a little different here, okay? We're not going to consistently recruit on the same level as many of our SEC West neighbors, namely Alabama and OSU. We're not going to recruit at that level consistently. So we have to be a little more innovative. we got to work a little harder. we got to be a little different. And so if you show up here expecting to work like you did, at a G5 school or a FCS school, then you're going to get run out of town quickly. I also believe that if you're going to win at Mississippi State, you've got to believe Mississippi State's the greatest place on earth. It's a little different in baseball. It is the greatest place on earth, right? But football is a little different. We don't have the tradition that many other schools have in a Southeastern Conference. So you have to have somebody that loves Mississippi State. Years and years and years ago, when I was working in the retail furniture business, you know, I had the opportunity to go do some of these turnaround stores, you know, go take these, you know, these stores that are awful and turn them around, make them profitable. I remember something my dad told me. My dad, Freddie Robertson, worked for Farmers Home Administration for 33 years. And my dad said, all you need, all that place needs is somebody to fall in love with it. And that's how I feel about Mississippi State. I think the head football coach has to have an incredible love affair with Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State has got to be what he thinks about as he rises for each day and when he rests in bed. I think everything has got to be about Mississippi State. You've got to have a life outside of this. But by and large, you have to live and breathe maroon and white. And because of that, I think some of these candidates that we have interviewed and vetted and talked about and all of that, I don't think that they breathe Mississippi State. I don't think they love Mississippi State. Now, I think many of them would love the opportunity at Mississippi State. But I think it's a little different in that respect. There are a lot of people that would love the opportunity to make millions of dollars to coach football. And even if it doesn't work out after a couple of years, they have a contract that has to get bought out, and then they've got a nice golden parachute, and they can go on and live their lives and not have to 
to deal with the consequences of their own ineptitude. That's not the kind of man we're looking for. We're looking for a guy that's going to carry the wounds of this football program with him to the day that he dies. That he will rise in victory with us and suffer in defeat the same way that we do. And that it will stay with him all the days of his life. Because of that, I think it takes a different person to be a coach at Mississippi State. We don't have many of the advantages that other people do. But one of the things that we do have is we do have an undying love for this place and for our place in the Southeastern Conference. And when we win big, perhaps it means just a little bit more. Because when you look at our history and you look at the things that we have gone through and you look at the fact that these are really the glory days of Mississippi State sports, we have so much to cheer for and so much to build on for the Bulldogs ahead of us. Because there will be coaches, it's so interesting, uh, I believe Joe Moorhead is the first coach that we have hired in my lifetime that was younger than me. If we hire Joe Judge, he will be two in a row. So I'm on the second end of that. You know, I'm on the back side of that. I'm now considered one of the older guys. But I know that there will be other Bulldogs that will come along that will love this place just as we do. And my, and my hope is, is that we will all leave it in much better shape than we found it. There's some of those silver-haired dogs that I have so much respect for. They inherited a pretty tough deal. Really tough deal. And many of them came to Mississippi State anyway. I remember interviewing Bill McGuire for Stark Villains. And Bill McGuire told me that there were so many people that told him he was he was making a mistake by going to Mississippi State. He said, back in those days, if you didn't like Ole Miss, something was wrong with you. But Bill said he always identified a bit with the underdogs. And so Mississippi State was the way. Bill McGuire was on that team in 1964 that beat Ole Miss for the first time since 1946. Because Bill McGuire picked Mississippi State because he had a love affair with this place. Bill McGuire also uh, blocked a punt against NC State in the 1963 Liberty Bowl to set up the game-winning score. Because Bill McGuire cared more about the name on the front of that jersey than the back. Those are the kinds of people we have built a program on. I remember Anthony Dixon picking Mississippi State when all of his in-state peers were all headed to Ole Miss. Anthony Dixon was the only in-state blue chip Mississippi State got that year that really panned out. Anthony Dixon, one of our most beloved Bulldogs, not just because of the fact that he holds the school record, but because of the fact that he picked us when there wasn't a lot of reasons to pick Mississippi State. But he picked Mississippi State because he felt some kinship with Bulldog people. Those are the kinds of people that we built the program on. I think about Shorty McWilliams and Stan Black and John Bond, Marty McDowell, Rocky Felker, Howard Lewis, Dan Bland, people that came and chose Mississippi State when things maybe weren't so good. I've shared with you on this show many times before. When Rocky Felker was a football coach at Mississippi State, he cut up film in a donated trailer from Florence High School, not Florence, Mississippi, Florence, Alabama. While Alabama and that group up there were living in the laps of luxury, our Mississippi State coaches were cutting up film in a donated trailer. And you know what we did? We went out and beat Tennessee anyway. 
Those are the things that we built the program on. And so when I look at what we have now, I begin to think to myself, we've never had it so good. But what will this springboard us to? Who is the right man? Who are the right coaches to lead us into a new era of Mississippi State football? If I had to pick today, if I was a betting man, which I am not, I would have to say that probably the odds-on favorite right now is Joe Judge. Joe Judge, as I mentioned, was accepted at the Naval Academy in Harvard and chose to come to Mississippi State because he felt something different about Mississippi State. Found his wife here, built a life here. Now he has gone out into the mission field of sorts. <laughs> he leaves Mississippi, goes out, and, and is now the hottest name or one of the hottest names in the all of the assistant coaching ranks in the National Football League. And now he has the opportunity to come home. And not only is he looking to come home, but he's looking to bring some kin folks with him. Because the Mississippi State family is in a little bit of crisis right now. And so I can get excited about that. I can get excited about Todd Grantham. I think it's a cool thing that Grantham would have the opportunity to come back and he'd coach football and his son play baseball. There's some other guys out there that I'm sure that they're very talented and very skilled coaches. Probably would win a lot of football games. But it's not just about X's and O's when it comes to Mississippi State. And it's not just about the Jimmys and Joes, as people say. I think at Mississippi State, you have to have somebody that appreciates our history and that appreciates our direction and that appreciates where we've been and where we're going, not just what we're doing now. I think that is an important part of things. And as a result of that, I don't envy the decision that John Cohen has to make. There's a lot of pressure. I know he, he said, I don't feel the pressure. That, that's all internal. I, you know, that's, that's admirable, but I, I don't know that I believe that. This is a big hire. We had a rough year this year, played a lot of 11 o'clock games. And I read some article recently where people were talking about our, our attendance was down a little bit. You know, our attendance was down because our football team wasn't very good. We had to play a lot of 11 o'clock games in the middle of the day. There aren't a lot of people that are going to sign up to go watch below average football and sometimes bad football in the heat. Not in the state of Mississippi, they're not. Those numbers will be back next year because I think we're going to have new energy. I think we're going to have a new energy. And I think people realize, you know what? We didn't let it bottom out before we made a change. And, you know, we can debate the merits of the Joe Moorhead hire. I give Joe a lot of credit for his ability to stay stay true to his recruits and hang in there. I believe we have some very talented players on this roster. I don't know that we fully utilize them to the best of their abilities, but I believe we have some real talent here. I believe we have some players that believe in Mississippi State. Now, we've got some others that perhaps that, um, you know, need a little re-education, shall we say. We've got some others that perhaps if they don't want to buy in, maybe we need to move on. But I had somebody share with me that Joe Judge came and addressed their team earlier this year and that he commanded the room like nobody else, that nobody was looking at their phone, nobody was looking around, nobody was talking, nobody was cracking jokes, all eyes on him. Because he was explaining to them the things they needed to do to improve their stock as a college football and NFL prospect. He also told them the things they can do to screw up their lives. I am not one that gets all caught up in the details of what we do on game day. 
what I mean by that is the dog walk and what everybody wears and what everybody says and, and all that sort of stuff. But those things don't really concern me. I don't really care about the birth pangs. Just show me the baby. Just go win the ball game. The rest of it is all details. But one of the things that I have heard about Joe Judge is that you know he is a guy that believes, you know what, this is a business trip, so we're going to dress appropriately. We're going to put on our suits. We're going to get out there and act with decency. We're going to give respect to the game and to the program and to the opportunity that we have. I am a T-shirt and jeans guy. You're not going to see me in a collared shirt very often. I'm also not going through the dog walk in Mississippi State. And so I believe one of the things that we need to do is instill some discipline in this team. And I don't think you've got guys that will buck that. I think you've got guys that will buy into that. I think you've got guys that understand, you know what, we probably got away with a little bit too much. And listen, all due respect to Joe Moorhead, I, you won't hear me say negative things about Joe Moorhead. I believe he is a fabulous person. I believe Joe is a little bit too lax. I think Joe at times they kind of treated him like a substitute teacher because he was a player's coach, probably to a fault, probably a little bit too much. Guys are able to get away with a few things probably a little bit more than they should. Those days are now behind us and a new era is here, and I, I expect that you're going to see a lot more discipline. I think you're going to hear a lot less of these issues, that you know things that pop up in practice and people that miss practice and people that show up late and that sort of stuff. I think there will be consequences for that. I, you know, One of the things that I have learned in life is that if people don't have consequences for their actions, they have no reason to change. And so there will be some consequences. And I'm not saying that we've got to run it like a military boot-style camp, but I think you've got to convince people that their behavior is negative and is negatively impacting the team. I'm going to say something that I think most of you are thinking, many of you maybe haven't said it, but we had some selfish players on our football team this year. Not a lot of them, but we had some selfish players. We had some people who looked for themselves first. They cared more about the number and the jersey on their back than the one on their chest. And so I think it's important that we move forward from that. Listen, well, again, I apologize for the tardiness of the show. We'll be back on Wednesday, and I believe when we talk again on Wednesday, either we will have announced a coach or we'll be very, very close to announcing our football coach. I think by then we'll all know. And then on Friday we'll have a good time kind of celebrating and getting ready for the end of the recruiting process and the beginning of a new era in Mississippi State football. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.